0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Trap Talk Live, brought to you by Huntsman Wildlife. I am your host, Ryan Ridgely, owner and operator of Huntsman Wildlife. Homeowners hire us to remove nuisance wildlife from their home because most have no idea where to start. So we remove the animal, we clean up the mess that was made, and we repair the damage that was done. Because bottom line, the only unwanted house guests in your home should be your in-laws. All right, folks, welcome to episode 12 of Trap Talk Live. I'm going to start off by just letting you guys know we are trying something different today. We're going to go down a whole new route in preparation of moving this uh, weekly meeting, if you want to call it that, to a audio uh, and video version. We are going to not edit this week's podcast. Uh, It's going to be one straight shot, there's going to be a lot of ums and ahs, but I want to see how well it goes and what the response is because my ultimate goal, as I told you guys in some of our first episodes, was to create content that can be both absorbed on a podcast format and in a weekly uh, vlog or video format on our YouTube channel. So, that being said, please bear with me. Like I said, there's probably going to be a lot of ums and ahs. We might recover some stuff or uh, talk about the same thing over and over again. But we are going to have a good week nonetheless. So this week, it got cold. <laughs> and it got cold quick. Uh, we had probably about two and a half inches of snow over the weekend. And that completely changed some of the stuff we were doing here Um for Huntsman Wildlife, we, we had some squirrel trapping that is still going on. We had some raccoon trapping. Uh, luckily, uh, we had no animal captures over the snow event, so I did not have to go up on ladders or roofs uh, in the snow and ice, um, but we did get very fortunate with that. It is something that I'm gonna address later in the wins, losses, and learning moments of the week uh, plan we're trying to develop for cold weather. And ice and snow and all that stuff on roofs. But let us talk first about the topic of the week. This week's blog post, we wrote about Fort Knoxing, as I call it, people's homes, uh, securing it, making sure that it is uh, impenetrable, I guess you would call it, uh, for nuisance wildlife to get in people's homes. And what exactly it means to Fort Knox somebody's home. You know, I kind of talked a little bit about how. Um, there's different, different, I guess, levels t- to which you can do exclusion work around your home. One of which um, is the the Mayberry version, I call it, uh, where you're just giving Otis the keys to the jail and they can come and go when they please. Uh, that really comes down to not doing a whole heck of a lot. Just doing the bare minimum, if that, to keep wildlife out of your home. And then you can go all the way up to high level security high-level exclusion, uh, which I call our Fort Knox package. Um, That is, you know, quite intensive. Uh, We're going to talk about stuff like guards on roof vents and attic vents and exhaust pipes, stuff like that. So first and foremost, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, uh, the easiest and and most efficient way to keep your home at least rodent-free is your door sweeps. Um, oh, I, I can't tell you how many times I go to a call from a client because they're dealing with mice in a garage or mice in their basement or what have you. Um, and a lot of those times I can point out a improper or inadequate door sweep or door seal. I don't know about you, uh, but when I walk through a door, I'm usually looking forward. I'm not looking down at my feet. Um, And so commonly, you know, not just the door sweep or the door seal, um, but making sure not to leave doors wide open. You know, a lot of times uh, door sweeps, door seals, uh, dog doors, dog doors are a big one. If they don't properly seal or doors don't properly close or they get left wide open, that is the easiest way. For wildlife to gain access to your home. Uh, this time of year, uh, especially here in Cincinnati, we, we had our first snow event of the year. We've got overnight temperatures that are in the uh, upper 20s, low 30s. That is all uh, quite shocking to <laughs> any sort of nuisance wildlife that lives on a periphery um, or around you know, the, your property, in your garden beds, uh, your landscaping, stuff like that. So when when we do get these massive sudden drops in temperature, uh they're a little shocked and so they're looking for somewhere warm to go. And when you have that um you know improper door sweep or door seal or the door is wide open and they're feeling that nice warm, you know, 68, 70, 72 degree air coming out of your home, they're going to go that route. So of course, uh first and foremost, make sure that all of the door seals and all the door sweeps are working. Um, if you have pet doors, make sure that they're, they're closing properly and that no wildlife can access through those. Now, your second most common wildlife access point and where we uh, really pay attention to when we're, we're doing our Fort Knox package and sealing up people's homes are utility entrances. Talked about this a couple times in the past, uh, but cable installers, uh, plumbers, electricians, and all that, they're great at their job and they do a good job uh, running wires, running cabling, running utilities in and out of your home. But what they lack in is the ability uh, of a little foresight and and, and some, some fortune telling and looking at how those cable runs and how those utility entrances could be potentially used by nuisance wildlife to gain access to your home. Uh, again, a mouse is only going to need a hole about the size of a number two pencil. So if there's a void or a gap that they can fit into, they're going to gain access to your home so making sure uh, that after the installation of those is properly sealed and excluded is a great way uh, to keep those wildlife species out of your home as we move farther up the walls uh, a lot of times on a first floor level uh, unfortunately some that i've seen recently you will find exhaust vents for either bathroom vents or dryer vents, or even um, kitchen vents, you'll find those on the walls um, of of the outside of your structure. And if those louvers on those exhaust vents are either damaged or stuck in the open position, or they're not closing all the way, uh, especially with dryer vents, um, a lot of times, you'll see homes where there's a, a large buildup of lint And debris in the uh, cover for the vent, the exhaust vent cover, and that impedes the ability for that to close properly. And so those louvers or that flap are stuck in an open position. And again, uh, animals such as mice, rats, um, other rodents, small small mammalia can gain access. Uh, In the late spring, early summer, you have cavity nesting birds that will see those openings. Uh, They will uh, further damage the louvers or pull the louvers off and then they will make their nest in in your you know bathroom exhaust vent or your dryer vent or something around those lines so making sure you have a proper um, working exhaust vent cap or or you know guard over the end of it is going to ensure that that nuisance wildlife just does not enter your home now uh, in addition to your your venting caps, uh, window screens so this time here in Cincinnati not a lot of people are gonna have their windows open especially after this weekend uh, it's you know 32 degrees out uh, right now in our farm and I can guarantee you my wife would kill me if I went and opened up any windows uh, but during the summer months or you know come later in the spring here when when we start to warm up a bit more we are going to be desperate to get some fresh air into the house so we're gonna open up some windows to try and get some circulation if we don't have proper screening on those windows and we leave those windows open, again, um, you know, wildlife is gonna enter. Uh, not so much squirrels and raccoons as much as some of your flying wildlife. Uh, early spring, you're gonna deal with birds. Um, later in the spring, early summer, you can deal with bats. I don't know how many calls I go on. People call me at 11.30, 12 o'clock at night because I got a bat flying around their bedroom or their living room or what have you. And we come to find out that more than likely the bat ended up coming into the home through a ripped or torn uh, window screen because the window was open and the bat is just going to follow the bugs and the bugs are coming in the window and it's cyclical. And honestly, this time of year, if you're not going to have your windows open, pop those screens up, bring them down in your basement or in your garage, do the repairs. Um, I know a lot of big box stores and hardware stores uh, do the repairs. You can drop off the screens yourself have them put new screening in, uh, new, uh, what do they call it, splines to hold the screens in, all that good stuff. This is a great time of year to think about getting the screens repaired or replaced on your home. So that's most of your first level areas, uh, first floor or first level of your home that we're going to look at when we do what we call the Fort Knox package of securing your home. As we go farther up, obviously, if it's a second story, you're dealing with the same thing. You're dealing with, you know, uh, window screens and attic vent or um, exhaust venting, like kitchens and bathrooms and stuff like that. Utility entrances. Um, But then once we start getting to the roof line, right before we go to the roof, you of course have your soffits, your fascia, stuff like that. Your soffits might look fine, um, but if they're slightly bent. Um, or or can be pushed up in in the case of vinyl soffits, the the prying fingers of of like a raccoon or a squirrel can easily get in there and manipulate that soffit so that they can gain access to to that void above your soffit. Now, in some homes, uh, that void just leads to the exterior of the property. Uh, In other homes, once you enter the soffit, you are in essence in the attic space of the home. So making sure that your soffits are in uh, good working order, that they're not damaged, they're not bent, uh, they're not out of place, uh, will ensure that animals such as raccoons, squirrels, um, again, some birds, um, bat species, don't have access to that soffit space and uh, in turn access to the interior of your structure um you know again an afternoon of your time going around taking a look at your soffits making sure they're in good repair is going to save you from having to spend thousands of dollars on um, the the trapping removal cleanup uh, you know repairs that uh, squirrels raccoons and all that can cause in addition to your soffits Um, another thing that a lot of people overlook are the branches so branches from trees uh, from ornamental shrubbery and bushes uh, vines growing up your home all of those just end up becoming easy ladders and scaffolding and ways for wildlife to gain access to your structure i i think i've said it a couple times it's become almost a catchphrase of mine i have seen squirrels Do moves that would make Cirque du Soleil actors and actresses jealous. Uh, Six foot span is what you're looking for. Make sure that no branches, no vines, uh, you know, nothing from a tree or a brush or or a shrub or ornamental or anything like that. Make sure it is at least six feet away from your roof line. If it's within that six foot window, For every inch that's closer, it just makes it easier and easier for animals such as squirrels, raccoons, uh, to gain access to your roof. Once they're on your roof, they're going to look for other weak points. Take advantage of that and gain access to your home. Avoid that by keeping those those trees, those vines, your bushes, your shrubs, keep those trimmed back and away from um, the tree line. Now, like I said, you know, animals such as squirrels, uh, raccoons, birds, um, flying squirrels, they all start in the trees. And then what, the, what happens is when those branches or, or um, vines end up creeping into your soffits, into places like your roofline or your gable vents, um, it causes an easy access point. A lot of the gable vents, especially on newer homes, the what's called builder spec or the standard uh, specification that most builders use for gable vents, the gable vent is only backed by a fiberglass screening. It's the same screening similar to what's in your windows. Uh, that screening is absolutely no barrier against sharp bird beaks, uh, you know, the claws of a raccoon the teeth of a squirrel, a flying squirrel, or a gray squirrel, it it causes absolutely no uh, protection to your attic space. So once they can get behind the louvers of your gable vent, and they can break through that fiberglass screening, then they again have complete and wide open access to the attic space above your home, in which that they can live, they can create a nest, they can create a den, they can breed uh, and then the cycle continues because now you have a generation of squirrels or raccoons or birds that have come to know your home and your attic space as a prime nesting or breeding location. So making sure, um, get up in your attic, get, get that uh, gable vent backed up or screened with a quarter inch hardware cloth. You know, that's going to prevent your bugs from coming through Um, And that's also going to keep a lot of your wildlife species out and, you know, away from your your attic space so they don't become an unwelcome roommate. Now, in addition to your gable vents, uh, once we actually hit the roof line, um, commonly one of the biggest places that we see intrusions for squirrels and raccoons on roof lines are where two different pitch roofs will mean. So um, a lot of these newer homes, some of the older homes, uh, you'll find um, built-in windows and dormers and the ceiling. Uh, You'll find different elevations and different areas of the roof. So wherever one roof is going to meet with another roof, um, that's that's a place where raccoons and squirrels know that they can uh, peck away um, rip, tear, shred, gnaw, and gain access to the home. Uh, a lot of time, what will happen is where two roofs meet, uh, there's sometimes a buildup of water. And if the, if the pitch isn't right, or the water management isn't right, or if you've got a buildup or accumulation of debris in the gutter and, and drainage system for your roof, you'll get a buildup of water in that area. And that buildup of water will weaken things like your shingles, your siding, uh, the sheeting behind the siding, the, the the roof underneath the shingles. And once that's weakened, wildlife like squirrels, raccoons and all that will take advantage and like I said, they will rip, they will tear, they will gnaw, they will shred up your roof and your siding and your soffits and all that to gain access. And so making sure, again, you know, this all goes back to let's trim those branches back. Let's not give the squirrels and raccoons access to your roof. But if they do have access to your roof, then we got to make sure that there's not a weak spot, um, or a a deficiency or a weakness in a roof that they can take advantage of and gain access to your home. So making sure that wherever your roofs join is in good repair, the water's draining efficiently. There's no, no water damage, no rot, no, no broken, uh, or damaged shingles, no, no bent or missing siding pieces. All of that is imperative to ensuring, um, that wildlife does not gain access to the inside of your structure. Now, not just the places where two spots of your roof meet, uh, but you also want to look at the rooftop exhaust and vent pipes. Um, So commonly in most homes, you're going to have PVC. Uh, Sometimes in older homes, it's going to be a leaded pipe, Uh, but you're going to have pipes coming out of your roof line. A lot of those pipes are wide open. Uh, Those are meant to Uh, vent your plumbing system, uh, commonly, um, you know, stuff like toilets and your main drain and all that stuff. And what'll happen is, uh, on occasion you'll get a curious animal or, or wildlife species such as a snake will end up in that, um, vent pipe and they will go through your plumbing system and then you will find them later, uh, in, in your commode or your toilet. Um, that is something that is easily prevented by putting guards over those exhaust vents or those exhaust pipes um and speaking of exhaust vents uh that's that's the other big thing on the roof where you will see wildlife gaining access so most roofs here in the Cincinnati area uh for the attic venting and roof venting have either box vents or uh, what are called ridge vents. So it's either a uh, low profile uh, vent that they put over the ridge or the peak of the roof line and then that is covered in shingling. Uh, That is usually made of some sort of ABS polymer plastic. Um, And again, with it just being a light light duty plastic, usually with some sort of fiber uh, fill in it, it is easy uh, for the prying fingers of a raccoon or the sharp teeth of a squirrel to break through that ridge vent and gain access to your home. Uh, so, putting an extra level of protection, something that we use at Huntsman Wildlife is called a ridge guard. Uh, it is a 16 gauge galvanized um, coated um, screening and shielding and guard that we put over the ridge cap. Still allows for airflow, still allows for the exchange of the hot air and cold air, um, but it does not give the nuisance wildlife an opportunity to damage that roof vent and gain access. Uh, Second um, to the ridge vent, you're gonna have box vents. Uh, Those are commonly, they look quite literally like a box on top of your roof. They're they're frequently gray or black in color. Um, Those are usually nothing more than stamped aluminum. And so that stamped aluminum, if I went up there with a pair of nail clippers, I could pop out the fins on the sides of those vents and gain access to to the structure, uh, to the inside of the attic. In fact, one of the first customers we had at Huntsman Wildlife had squirrels going in and out of their home through um, the box vents on the roof. So what we did is we ended up trapping out the squirrels. Once we had confirmed that all squirrels had left the, uh, the structure, we ended up installing guards over those box vents to prevent that from happening in the future. Uh, lastly, Uh, Once we're done with the roof, next highest place on your home is going to be your chimney cap. Now, uh, chimney caps, they're they're something that not a lot of us pay attention to. In fact, I remember the first home Candace and I ever owned. We had lost our chimney cap in a storm and didn't realize it until about four or five days later uh, when we noticed it in a neighbor's yard. Um, Chimney caps can come loose. They get damaged in high winds. Um, and, and like I said, in, in the case of Candace and I's first home, sometimes (laughs) they just disappear. So leaving your, your chimney wide open like that, um, again, you're dealing with cavity nesting birds, bats, squirrels, raccoons, stuff like that. Um, other nuisance wildlife species. So periodically, you know, especially after high winds or bad storms, Making sure, taking a look up at the top of your chimney, making sure that your chimney cap is in good working order. That's imperative to making sure that your home secure and nuisance wildlife does not have access. So that pretty much, in a nutshell, sums up our, our quote, Fort Knox package uh, when it comes to securing homes from nuisance wildlife. Now, kind of two bonus... Uh, thoughts or ideas that I always want to hit home with people whenever I have discussions about deterrence and exclusion uh, tactics around the home, Um, especially again, this time of year when things are starting to get colder, your barbecue grills or uh, your smokers or stuff like that, um, making sure that they are not near or around a structure entrance is usually uh, the best option. So I know if you guys are like me, you like to grill out all year long. So you have, you know, your barbecue grill or your Weber or your smoker is on your back patio or your deck. Having it right next to a door, either the patio door or the kitchen door or the garage door, is more than more than likely it's a recipe for, for you know, problems down the road. So though you and I don't find it appealing or at all, you know, Palatable. Uh, The burnt debris, uh, the buildup of grease and fats and all that, that is a high protein, high calorie uh, food source for nuisance wildlife in the harsh cold of the winter. Um, I don't know how many times I personally have gone out to my grill in the middle of winter if I haven't used it in a week or so and opened up the lid and scared the life out of, um, some sort of small little field mouse or something like that, which I mean, in turn startles me too. So fair is fair, <laughs> but yeah, um, making sure that that grill or that barbecue or that smoker is not near a door uh, is preferred. Cause like I told you, you know, so you're going to have, uh, the nuisance wildlife, the rodents, the the rats, the mice, They're gonna be attracted to this grill because of the high protein, high caloric value um, food source in there, the the burnt pieces, the the grease, the oils and all that. While they're consuming inside your grill, they're gonna notice the heat or or the warm air coming out of that door as you're going in and out of it if you're not using a grill. And so they're gonna be like, oh wait, I've got this fantastic food source right here And if I just get through this door, if I chew through this door sweep or if I sneak through this door while this giant lumbering, you know, massive ape goes through it, then I'm set. I've got food. I've got warmth. I've got shelter. I'm all good to go. So moving your grill 10 to 15 feet away from the door, have it on the back side of the patio or on the back ledge of the deck when it's not in use. When you're going to grill, yeah, put it by the back door you know, in the middle of December here, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw some steaks or some burgers on the grill, I don't want to walk halfway across my deck just to grill. I'm I'm going to roll it up next to the door. I'll grill. I'll bring it in. We'll eat. And then once the grill's cooled down, I'm going to roll it back to the other side of my deck uh, so that it's not near the entrance um, in in the interim when it's not being used. And of course, like I talked about last time, uh, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I I really want you guys to understand uh, the bird feeders. Bird feeders are an absolutely um, massive attractant of almost all nuisance wildlife species uh, that you can think of. If not directly, indirectly. Uh, So let's go through the, the circle of wildlife, as I like to call it. So you've got bird seed. And that bird seed is intended to feed the birds. Uh, birds are the messiest eaters in the world. And so you, you have your sparrows and your starlings and you know, your robins and your blue jays and your cardinals, and they all go to your bird feeder. And as they're eating, they're spilling almost the same amount of food that they're consuming. They're spilling the same amount of seed on the ground. That seed on the ground then becomes consumed by smaller rodentia like rats, mice, voles those rats, mice, voles, that's the start of not wanting animals in your home. If those bird feeders are near your home, like I was telling you about the barbecue grill, these mice, these rats, these voles are going to realize, well, I've got this fantastic food source here right next to this structure that's warm. So I'm going to get inside the structure. And then when I want to eat, I'm going to pop out and go to the bird feeder. I don't know how many times I've gone into basements or um, kitchens to trap mice and found caches of bird seed and people wonder where they are and sure enough right outside that wall is where the bird feeders are set up so uh, that is one reason here in the in the colder months why you don't want to have bird feeders Um, also when regular food sources are scarce uh, animals such as skunks possum or uh, opossums uh, raccoons um, woodchucks will all come to, well, not woodchucks because they're gonna more than likely hibernate this time of year. Um, but all of the, all those other species will come and feed at uh, at the base of bird feeders if if other food sources are scarce. Uh, so again, making sure having those bird feeders 25 to 30 feet away from the home just gives even more of a boundary you know i'm I'm not going to expect you to get rid of the bird feeders we all love the bird watch we all love you know to see the cardinal come in after a fresh snow that that bright blazing red uh, up against that white backdrop is just it's iconic and everyone likes it um but having those bird feeders 25 to 30 feet away from your home is a really really good idea and a preferred way to go about things so yeah that is just about it. You know, like I said, our Fort Knox option and those, uh, those two bonus pieces of, of advice. Um, you know, really, if you take everything that was in this podcast and you apply it to your home or your property, um, you're never gonna need to call me or any of my peers. But if you put it off and say, you're gonna get around to it or I'll do it next weekend and then it turns into next weekend and then it turns into a next weekend... Like I was saying, instead of Fort Knox, uh you might as well be operating the Mayberry City Jail uh where you're giving Otis, uh in this case the raccoons, the squirrels, the mice, uh the keys to the jail cell for them to come and go as they please. So yeah, that is this week's topic. Um, if you had any questions, need any clarification on anything in the podcast description or all the ways you can get a hold of me. Um uh, you know, our, our Facebook page, our website, our, our Instagram, our TikTok, all that, you know, go ahead, uh, send us a message. I would be more than happy to either address it on the next podcast, um, or, you know, of course I'll, I'll message you right away. Um, but yeah, so that being said, we're going to move on to this week's big three. We're talking the wins, the losses, and the learning moment of the week. Uh, Big win for the week, I would say, is the fact that we closed out November strong. Uh, We almost, almost made our record. Um, Technically, and this is is something Candice and I have been uh, battling back and forth. Technically, I don't feel like we made the record uh, because even though we sold an account, We have yet to start the work. Uh, We have yet to get the signed agreement and we have yet to get paid for it. Uh, We didn't, that didn't happen in November. Um, And so I don't think it should count towards November revenues, Um, but Candace says it was sold in November. It's a November sale Um, and so it should count. So if that is, then November uh, happened to have been um, our best month so far this year. Uh, If not, it was still a pretty good month. So we were pretty happy. Um, We've been able to uh, create enough revenue to get us in a good position come spring. Uh, We ordered a bunch of traps. So one of our trap uh, providers uh, usually has a backlog uh, because they are a quality manufacturer and provider of nuisance wildlife trapping materials here in the United States. Um, But they are usually a couple weeks, if not sometimes a month behind on production. Uh, so I had told Candace that we wanted to put in our spring trap order uh, no later than mid-December uh, for our traps that we're going to want by the end of January, early February. So that is fantastic. We are in a good place to be ready uh, and set for um, breeding season here in the Cincinnati area, which will start up in early February. So we have December where I'm hoping things slow down. I can get some stuff done on the farm and we can uh, continue to um, you know, increase our marketing capacity. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to take this weekly podcast and also create a video version of it. So hopefully I'll be able to get into a habit of that in uh, December and early January. And then we'll get busy and rip, roaring, ready to go. So yeah, that was absolutely our win for the week. Our loss for the week has to absolutely be uh, the cold and the snow. I am originally from Minnesota, so the cold and snow here in Cincinnati wasn't too much of a shock to me. Uh, But what it was, was a giant nuisance. Um, We did decide on Monday after the snow had started and roads got slick and driving... Uh, was a little bit more treacherous for from some of our fellow Cincinnati neighbors uh, we decided to stay off the roads Monday, which put us a little bit behind to start the week um and then of course, uh we ended up getting more snow than I had expected uh that snow froze overnight uh caused ice buildup up on roofs, which is making a little little uh, difficult to get up on some of the roofs that we wanted to get up on this week uh to finish up some squirrel work and some raccoon work and some late season bat work exclusion work and all that stuff so um yeah i think you know the the biggest thing is um you know if we were to pull a learning moment from this uh, a, a a teaching moment something that i could learn from from this snow event it would be more than likely to try and either find some sort of tool or uh, technology that would help uh, ensure our safety during uh, the winter months on ladders and on roofs or um, quite honestly the easier option would be um, change up some of the language in our trapping agreement and our exclusion agreements um, and especially in you know November, December, January, February, uh, be a little bit more um, in depth with our clients and explain, hey everything we do, we are doing you know on your roof or on your home, uh, if it's at heights, if it's above ground level is all weather dependent. Um, you know obviously it, we have been blessed this year with some fantastic clients here at Huntsman Wildlife. I don't think that there's a single client of ours that would uh, argue with me about me wanting to ensure the safety of myself or my wife um, in protecting our client's home and property. Um, so yeah, I think it's just one of those that I need to be a little bit more cognizant and a little bit more aware in late November, early December uh, that for the next you know couple months, I need to be talking with clients when we sign them up for programs or, or set them up on a trapping or exclusion work Um, That hey, you know, we're going to do the best we can we're going to work within the timeline that you want Um, But it is dependent on you know snow sleet ice stuff like that So yeah, that is it for the week guys. Thank you so so much for bearing with me I know this podcast is going to sound a lot different than the previous 11 Uh, Like I said, i'm not going to edit it. I'm not going to splice it. I'm not going to move anything out of it We're just going to see how it goes because hopefully my my ultimate plan is uh, in the next week or so here, I'm going to have a camera up uh, while I'm doing this podcast so that I can talk to the camera, talk to somebody. Um, and then our, our video version, we're also going to be able to uh, edit to add some uh, info, graphics, some, you know, corresponding videos, stuff like that. So I, I do appreciate all the podcast listeners. This will continue to be um, a podcast that is uh, easy to consume in an audio version uh, but I also want to be able to create a video version for instance um, this this podcast would be one where I'd like to sit down uh, and be able to have visuals to show people what I'm talking about with roof vents uh, the difference between a box vent and a ridge vent Um, Stuff like you know chimney caps. uh, When I explain products and stuff like that, I I I know that many of you can understand what I'm talking about, but I do know there are some of you that I might lose when I talk about certain uh, techniques when it comes to exclusion or removal. Uh, And candace and I are hoping that adding a visual uh, option to this weekly um, format is going to help. So yeah, I want to thank you all, of course, for listening. You guys are all fantastic and wonderful. Uh, I believe last week we had 16 downloads in total of uh, all of the 11 available episodes. So that was that was quite fantastic. Uh, let me see here. All time accumulation, we are at 127 total downloads since we started this podcast. That is 117 more. Than I would have expected so thank you so much for listening guys um, really, you know, it 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 just it motivates me every week to to keep putting these out. So Again, uh, if it's information that you're finding helpful, uh, informative educational entertaining Then then i'm doing my job If you have any topic suggestions any questions uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, all of our contact information is in the show notes. Um, you know, every social media we're on, our website, all that stuff. Feel free to send us a line. Say, you know, you listened to the last podcast. Ask a, us a question. Um, we both, Candace and I believe, education is a silver bullet. Yes, uh, you know, we, we have a company. <laughs> we make money doing this. Um, but at the same time, if you're in Topeka, and you have a wildlife question, um, send it my way. I'm more than willing to answer it for you. So, yeah, um, till next time, <laughs> see you, folks.